You're listening to Runyons Have Layers, the podcast where two siblings explore the many layers of life and mental wellness, where vulnerability meets strength, and where every shared story is a step towards self-discovery. Join us as we uncover the richness of our experiences and find empowerment in every layer. Welcome to the first episode of Runyon's Have Layers. My name is Brian Runyon. I'm Holly Runyon. And uh, we're brother and sister. And this is our first podcast episode. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the power of vulnerability and what vulnerability means. And uh, I know over the past couple years, few years, vulnerability has become more of like a hot topic issue. More people are talking about it. They're discussing this. And uh, I think it's a really important uh, subject. So we're going to sort of dive into it and uh, go from there. So as we were discussing what vulnerability is and kind of what it means to us, we each wanted to take a moment to define what vulnerability is to each of us and to share some experiences that we've had with vulnerability and how it's helped us and the benefits and things like that. So um, when I think of vulnerability, I think of doing something that doesn't is not easy to do and that takes some courage and like if you have something that comes up with one of your friends or a family member and you have this like pit in your stomach and you feel like it's something you really need to talk about that's kind of what I think of whenever I think of vulnerability it's like the hard things that you know you need to do but that a lot of times you shy away from um and so those are the like I think the things that really matter in your life that you want to talk about that are really important to you. But a lot of times you kind of, you don't want to, cause you don't like the feeling of it. So that's kind of what it is to me. What it is, what is, what does the vulnerability mean to you? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's different for each person because based on what you said and what my definition was, it just kind of solidified that to me, vulnerability is the possibility of being hurt. And I think that's, and that is true, but I think that's just based on my own life experiences. Um, and honestly, I didn't even really know what the actual definition was. So I looked it up um, and it says the literal meaning of vulnerability is to be exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. Mm-hmm. So that is a very literal um Another one that says a deep meaning is a state of emotional exposure that comes with a degree of uncertainty, which is true. Not knowing what the outcome is going to be, but still exposing either your feelings or your physical body or, you know, whatever to something that that could hurt you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why, uh, like a lot of people feel like, like, I I mean, at least when I, I remember growing up and and people using the word vulnerability, but it wasn't in the, in the sense of, um, like, like exposing yourself. It was, it's more of like, they always use the example of like, it's a, it's a weak animal who, you know, is exposed to prey that could attack it. And that's always what I thought of vulnerability as was like some sort of weakness and like it being a definition of, um, something you didn't want to be, you didn't want to be vulnerable because you, you might get, like you're saying, you might get hurt, you might get, um, attacked or exposed in some way. Um, and I think that's a really common misconception, uh, with vulnerability is that because people feel like they are gonna like lose something almost, or they're gonna, 
um, they're going to be attacked or they're going to have something out in the world about them that, that they don't want people to know or that they feel like will come back and, you know, tear them down in some way. I think that people don't want to let that out because they want to hold everything close and, you know, feel safe. Um, but I think actually being vulnerable and sharing the things that are important to you actually builds trust with people and actually draws people in and creates the connection, uh, more than, more than people realize. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I agree with you. My understanding of vulnerability has always been like, it's a weakness, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're weak if you're vulnerable, but just like many other things, the word has more than one meaning, or at least it, that has, it has evolved to be that way, you know, these days. And I think what you originally said about having courage, that is part of being vulnerable. It, it does take strength. It does take courage to actually expose a part of yourself um, in whatever way that means um, yep. in different situations, you know? Um, yeah, I I can't agree more. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, the more that I've, read and learned about vulnerability and I've actually put it into practice. Um, it's, it's actually really amazing to see like how much of a bond you can actually create with someone or how much a dynamic can change with people. Um, and sometimes it's not always reciprocated. Not everyone is willing to be as open as I am about things or about how I'm feeling or, uh, to talk about feelings. I, I find that a lot of people actually are still very reluctant, even though I do share something personal. Um, but I mean, just yesterday I was feeling uh, a little like nervous about, we have some HR people coming into my work, uh, this week and I was feeling a little kind of nervous about it because we've had a lot of like upset in the company and in my show at least. And a lot of, not a lot of turnover, but a lot of higher positions have turned over recently in the past couple months. And, um, we have HR coming in again, the same people. And I was a little nervous about it. And I reached out to my team and I was just like, Hey, you know, like I'm a little feeling a little nervous about this. And I, I think that like, I'm not, I'm just not really sure what to think. Like, how are you guys feeling about it? You know, do you feel uneasy about it? Or, um, it's just kind of like affecting me mentally and emotionally a little bit. And for a while, like they didn't respond and I was like, okay, they're just not going to respond to this. And, uh, like an hour and a half, two hours went by and they re- they both responded and they just had such a, like an amazing response and kind of put, you know, how I was feeling at ease because they felt the same way. And it really opened up a connection between us that we didn't really have before. Cause it's kind of the first time that I've opened up like that and sort of let them see how I was feeling. I mean, I, I'm a pretty open person just in general, but like I, I connected in a much deeper way than I had before and, um, they totally received it and they shared a very similar, you know, mindset to that. And they were like, yeah, we're both kind of nervous about that too. And they kind of reassured based on past experiences and things that have happened before I got there. Um, so I think that, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. And I think that people won't always reciprocate that and, and give you back the sort of openness that you're giving to them. But I think that once they do, it creates this connection between you that wasn't there before. It builds a little bit of trust. And um, I think that's a really important piece of it to to understand that it is a way to grow connection with people. 
Yeah, definitely. Were those people subordinates or were they? No. Yeah, we're equals. We're on the same level. Okay. Because uh, I was going to I was gonna ask you how, because I, I don't manage anybody currently. Um, and so I was going to ask how vulnerability fits into leadership with you mm-hmm. because, you know, you have led quite a few people in different situations. Um, and how, yeah. how does it feel to have to be vulnerable with people that are subordinate to you? Um, I think it, I think, uh, that's another common misconception too. just uh, tie it into that piece of it. But, um, I think being vulnerable is, uh, it's hard no matter what, who you're talking to. I think if you're talking to a boss, it has its own challenges. If you're talking to someone you're equals with, it has its own challenges. Um, and I, I guess I can talk a little bit about that. So like if, if I'm talking to someone who's my equal in a, I think we, we think that we're competing with those people because we might be competing for a promotion or we might be competing for, um, uh, some sort of attention or like favor with our boss or, you know, there, there, I think there's a whole, a whole bunch of mindsets that you can probably apply to that. So a lot of people don't want to come across as like, Oh, I'm weak or I don't know something, or I, I'm not sure how to approach this because they don't want to come off to their team as, Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, if you're talking to, if you're talking with someone that you're managing, uh, I think it's similar that you don't want to come across that you're a leader that doesn't know what they're doing or what they're talking about. And I think that's baked into a lot of like the corporate culture and like fear-based leadership that has, you know, come, is just kind of stemmed from uh, a, a lot of stuff. But, you know, I think corporate America just has become this very competitive, high octane sort of environment where you have to perform, you have to stay late, you have to work extra hours, you have to fill in the blank in order to to gain a promotion and that comes with the cost of like kind of isolating yourself and doing things alone and competing and comparing. Um, but I think that people who work on teams, especially, um, the more that you actually connect with each other and are more open and vulnerable and transparent about what you're doing, not even just vulnerable and not like, you know, like the feelings part of it, but just being more open and transparent about, you know, like, I know we have to work on this problem, but I, I really, I've never encountered this before. Like that, that's a vulnerable thing to say that yeah. like, you know, we're working on this thing and this new piece of our work and we've ne- I've never encountered anything like this before. And I just don't know where to start. You know, can you help me like sort this out? And I think that opens up the conversation to like other perspectives, you know, that it's not just like, I know what I'm talking about and I'm going to tell you what we're doing, but it's like, there might be other people that are working for me that might have a lot more experience in this part of what we're trying to do. And even though they're my subordinate, quote unquote, doesn't mean that they don't know less than me. It doesn't know. It doesn't mean that they are at least, uh, have less experience than I do. It just means that in this, uh, situation, I have the authority. That's all it means, you know? Yeah. But I think that like connecting with people that you're working with and trusting that they can bring what they know to the table, that's a really important piece. And it, it sort of invites that connection and that conversation to what you're trying to solve. Um, and so, I mean, 
like I said before, sometimes people aren't open to it and some people don't want to offer anything, but nine times out of 10, uh, whenever I do, it does open a conversation. It opens up some sort of curiosity. Um, and they are more willing to share whenever I'm like, you know, I really don't know where we need to go with this. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the answer is. Um, but let's talk about it together. Let's find a solution together. And when you invite people to, to solve problems together, they want to most of the time, you know, they want to be included. And, uh, I think that's really the power that it has, um, in, in sharing and it's, it's an invitation, I think more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that, that made what you said, a couple of things that you said made me think of, um, a couple of examples. Um, when you were talking about the, like the corporate environment and the, what, what kind of that made me think of is always having to like be on, you know, not necessarily that you're pretending that you know how to do the job, but that you don't have any faults and that you don't have any weaknesses and that you know everything that you're supposed to know. And that just simply is not the case. I mean, now we have the internet so we can look up something if we don't know how to do it. But, you know, back in the day, you know, that wasn't a possibility. Um, And, you know, I think that vulnerability is more about being authentically who you are. And that doesn't mean being in a job where you don't know what the heck you're doing, but being able to authentically say, you know, Hey, I don't really know very much about this, or I've never encountered this before. And like you said, that then develops trust with your, your working team or environment. Um, and I mean, in multiple other situations, not just at work, but I wanted to kind of hear what you had to say from a leadership perspective, um, on that. So, and then I was thinking about another situation where I had to tell a supervisor about, um, kind of a really serious medical situation that was going on. And I was really, really scared to do that because I didn't want, I didn't want it to come across as, uh, I can't do my job anymore, or I'm struggling, or I'm not going to be able to meet deadlines or, you know, any of the things that would look negative on me or my experience. And it was received very well. It was just like, do you need anything from me? Is there anything that we can do for you? You know? And the Mm -hmm. reason I felt like that, and this goes back to my original definition is I've had my health conditions and things like that used against me previously in personal relationships, but also in a work environment. So it, it, it was really scary to, just be like, this is what's going on right now. And I'm so glad I did because it opened up that trust and that, mm-hmm. you know, avenue of being able to go to one more person specifically at work, you know? Um, and that was just nice. It was something that I hadn't experienced before. Right. And I think that, you know, doing something like that is obviously really hard, but it's, um, I think the, the context of how you present those things, um, is a really important piece of vulnerable, like being vulnerable and like what, I guess let's talk a little bit about what vulnerability is and what it's not, because I think that, um, people think that vulnerability is just sharing everything, um, Mm -hmm. and like using things. And I, I, I could see in another situation where, um, like sharing that with someone in another context might not land the same way, you know? And, um, so I think that it's important to realize that, like 
just oversharing or sharing everything about your life and like who you are and things you've done and fill in the blank of, of all the things that happens. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're being vulnerable. It doesn't, it's definitely not going to build connection in every single, every single way that you do that. So I think that there's, um, there's a distinction between what it means to be vulnerable and to like expose yourself and to have courage to share something that's, that's hard to share, like a medical situation and not really under, not really knowing what the outcome is going to be and not knowing if you're going to be seen differently or you're going to be treated differently or, um, or any of those sorts of things versus being accepted and being offered support and empathy and things like that. But, um, if you're, if you're, sort of gossiping or you're, you're sharing things that maybe aren't yours to share and you feel like that's being vulnerable. Um, that's going to do the opposite effect. I think it's going to deter people from wanting to share with you because if they're hearing you share something that is not yours to share, then they're not going to want to share something with you because they're going to be like, Oh, you're just going to go tell Sally over here that I'm dealing with this thing. And I mean, you just told me about Bob's thing, you know? So like, if, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna have the, um, the accountability and the, the trust with other people's information, well, I'm not going to want to share with you, you know? Yeah. So I think that it's, it's just really important to understand, um, that a, not everything that you share, whatever it is, doesn't necessarily mean it's vulnerable. And two, when someone does share something with you that you need to take it seriously and that you need to like have some, some sort of like vault that you can keep it in that, that you're just not sharing it with everyone, even if it's something you feel like other people should know or want to know or anything like that. Right. And I, th I think that, you know, everybody views vulnerability so differently because like I said before, based on our own experiences, but it's also, um, kind of a protect protective mechanism, you know, we don't like to, um, appear weak or, you know, don't want the, the possibility of being hurt. And so there's kind of a sense of control. Well, you know, I'm not going to say that, but, you know, I think it's also important for us to recognize that you and I are speaking from a place of privilege because there are a lot mm. of people who cannot be vulnerable just yep. because it's unsafe for them in their particular situation. Yep. And, you know, there, there are nuances to this conversation and, and we understand that we're talking from, from our experience, but I think that that's important to at least acknowledge because, you know, I'm sure there's people that want to be vulnerable or want to, you know, say what they really want to say, or, you know, do what they really want to do, but are not able to for, yeah. you know, whatever reason. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, it's just speaking of like privilege, I think I'm really happy you brought that up. Um, you know, like we live in America and just with that alone gives us a lot of privilege to talk about the things that are bothering us and that how we feel about things. Um, and so just generally speaking, I feel like we have privilege at that level, just based on where we, we are and what we are, we live, you know, but then obviously also socioeconomically, we have privilege, um, because of kind of, what we look like and, mm -hmm. um, how we were raised and the opportunities we had because of who we are. Right. Um, but so I agree. I think that that's a, it's an important thing to acknowledge that it's, uh, it's not vulnerability is not necessarily, it's not an equal thing for everybody. Um, it's not that not everyone can do it, but it's that they don't have the right, um, 
opportunities, I guess, or they might be seen in a particular way uh, versus other people. You know, I think that certain people have different um, like leeways or mm-hmm. uh, different um, like, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to, how to describe that, but they have like different um, avenues to, to share in and that other people don't. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's a great point to bring up. Yeah. And culturally too, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've spoken to different people from different cultures and it's not, not specifically about vulnerability, but about things like grief and, and different cultures just handle emotions differently. You know, some yeah. pretend like it doesn't even exist or you just kind of have to move on. And, and I, I think it's probably the same with vulnerability. You know, we have equated it previously with being weak and some cultures may still do that. I'm not, saying that I know because I I don't know for certain, but it's, it's just something to, I think, um, always be open-minded about and recognize that like our experience is our experience, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's someone else's experience. And so it may be harder for somebody else to be extremely open and vulnerable because of the situation that they're in. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's probably something that not a lot of people think about, or maybe even realize. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh yeah, I agree with that and 100%. Um and I think that also uh whenever someone especially when someone is sharing something that might be from a different background or a culture and they are sharing those things with you or they're opening up a little bit, I think acknowledging and having an like some sort of empathy towards that and you know like saying, you know, that sounds really hard and really acknowledging that what they're talking about is important. Um, I think that also helps to build a connection and and vulnerability doesn't have to be like deep, you know, seated, like emotional traumas or anything. It can be something that's a little bit more surface level. Um, you know, like just talking, since we've talked a little bit about work stuff, like, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer to this or, you know, I'm not really sure how to, um, how to do this, or can you look at my email before I send it to my coworker? Cause I want to make sure that that's received well. Like, I think that is also vulnerability and mm-hmm. it's, um, starting with things that are like that, I think open up and build over time. And, uh, I, uh, so I've read a lot of books by Brene Brown and she has this example in one of her books and she talks about her daughter who is, uh, having trouble with her friends at school. And, uh, they have this saying, it's called marble jar moments, And, um, it's basically every time you do something for someone or they do something for you, you put a marble in a marble jar and that's like building trust with someone. And the more times they do something for you or they help you or they're kind, you put a marble in the marble jar and the more marbles you have, the more trust that you have. And so I think that every time that you are connecting with people, even on the smallest of moments, um, every time you do that the more and more and more you do that, the more marbles you have in your marble jar and then the more trust that you have. So it's not the big grand gestures that build trust. It's the small, tiny moments of everyday mundane things that you don't think are important, but actually really, really monumental because those things add up over time. And the more that you do those and the more that you show up and the more that you let yourself be seen, the more that you're going to have that connection with people and build trust. Yeah. I love that example. I think I'm going to use it actually, (laughs) because my, in talking with my therapist sometimes about trust and vulnerability and, um, wanting to control things and stuff, you know, that comes from a lot of 
my background in, in abusive relationships. And, you know, I'm remarried now and, and there's just some stuff that has come up for my past that, you know, that my therapist and I are working through. And part of that is um, trust and being able to, and, you know, we're talking about vulnerability, like admitting that I need help and asking for help and things like that. And she said something similarly, but it's not as much of a visual representation. It's more like, you know, when someone does something like you have a list in your mind of all the things that you cannot trust someone for, but, you know, sometimes they'll do things that will help build that trust a little more and a little more and a little more. And so, you know, her recommendation was to, you know, consciously intentionally, intentionally remember those things, whether you write it down or whether you just make a note in your mind. But I like the Mm -hmm. idea of the marble jar because it, you can see it visually, you know, and it's, it's a really good reminder. Like, yes, I can trust that person because, you know, they did this and they did this. And, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be some huge grand gesture can be just, you know, this person showed up when they said they were going to show up or, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, and speaking from, you know, like a work standpoint, doing those things like that, even though you're not, you know, uh, having some sort of courageous, like thing that you're doing, you know, doing those things like showing up on time and like following through, uh, when someone asks for help and then you, you do it versus like Mm -hmm. backing out or canceling plans. Um, those sorts of things are, are what really matter and really make a big difference to most people, you know, cause reliability is a huge part of being able to trust someone. And, um, so yeah, the visual re- representation is is super helpful for me because I'm a visual person. And so I, I can just picture that in my mind and it's a really great way to frame it for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We kind of want to talk a little bit about how, how we approach vulnerability and some things that we've learned along the way. And I think for me, um, I, I started out when I, when I was started learning about what vulnerability was and how, how great it was to connect to people. I feel like I started doing it everywhere all the time. And, um, and I did have to learn sort of how to gauge and, you know, read the audience that I was talking to a little bit because not everyone wants to, you know, go to that place and not every, not every audience is the right, like audience to do that with. Um, so you sort of have to gauge, I think that's the most important thing is to, to know the audience you're talking to. Is it a one-on-one discussion? Is it like a board meeting? Is it your boss? Is it a, you know, a friend who, who are you talking to? So understanding what that piece of it is, I think was something that I had to learn. And that has been the, the biggest, um, the biggest tip for myself and to, like we said before with the marble jar, stuff is to, to focus on things that are incremental and things that will build over time. Because I feel like that has the the biggest lasting impact with people, especially with people that you're going to be working with for a long time or a relationship that you're going to have over time, family or a significant other, or if you're at a job for a long period of time, like doing those small incremental things is what really, uh, I think is the most important important things to focus on. But also, uh, if something does come up that is like hits you in a really strong way, like someone says something that you just don't agree with, I think sort of taking a moment to identify and understand what that feeling is before you share it is I think a really important piece of being vulnerable. And I'm not saying that you, you have to be careful with everything you say, but for me personally, 
knowing how to talk about it has been extremely helpful because then when you get in the conversation, you can really talk about the impact that what that person has said, how it's actually impacted you. So for me, those are a couple different things that, you know, I think have really helped me and it's, it's a practice being vulnerable, I think is a practice and it, the more you do it, the better you are at it, the easier you are able to identify how to respond. And, uh, it's just like with anything that you, you want to get better at, you have to practice it in order to get better at it. What do you think are some things that have helped you as you've started to open yourself up to vulnerability? Well, I think that it's important to remember that as, as you sort of mentioned earlier, you know, there's, there's different, um, layers or different, um, levels of vulnerability, you know, like the vulnerability that you have with your supervisor at work versus your partner versus your children, you know, that's all going to be different. Um, and I think for, for me anyway, what, what worked, um, and this might be different for other people, but start with the people that are closest to you that, you know, that you can trust and start with something really small. It doesn't have to be some deep, dark secret, you know, it might be, um, can you meet me here at this time? You know, and they show up on time. That doesn't sound like a big deal, but to somebody it might be, you know, mm-hmm. start small and kind of work incrementally up to the larger things. And like you said, it's a practice. It's something that you have to get used to relinquishing that control of having to know how things are going to turn out. And, you know, that is a protective mechanism. So it takes a while to work through, but um, knowing no, going back to knowing who your audience is, you know, mm-hmm. and um, if you know, if you already know you can trust them with some things, you know, maybe start going into something deeper, something more vulnerable. Um, that's what's worked for me. But sometimes, you know, it's it's still hard. Um, yeah. And I think that um, keeping track, like with the marble jar that we talked about, that's something that has also helped me to realize that it's not a futile effort. Like it is going somewhere. There is trust being built. And, you know, be intentional, be intentional about notating or remembering, um, the person's response. You know, I keep thinking of the situation with my husband and I, and, you know, it's like, sometimes I want, I want to go to him and tell him, oh, you know, I'm doing this with my business or I'm excited about this. And because of previous relationships, I'm scared to do that because of how the response was in previous relationships. And every single time that I've gone to him, he always says, congratulations, I'm so proud of you. Is there anything that you need help with? Which is a total opposite of what I was expecting. And so reminding myself that it's okay to open up, especially when he has shown me multiple times that he's happy for me, but yet I, it's still hard for me to be vulnerable in that area. Yeah. I think because it's, it's just something I'm trying to protect, you know, like yeah. what I'm working on is so incredibly important to me and I don't want anyone, you know, crapping on it, you know, yeah. and, and, but he never has. So it's, it's also reminding yourself of, you know, it's not just, Oh, that, you know, I'm being triggered and that person isn't from my past. It's more than that. It's, you know, being intentional about building that trust with mm-hmm. that person. Yeah, I I can't agree more. I think it's uh it's super easy to like when you have shared things with other people and you're trying to approach the same thing it is it is hard to do that because you you have that fear of like, you know, getting rejected or, you know, really not being heard of, of what you're trying to share with them. 
Um, but that's where the marble jar comes in, you know, because I'm sure that you have a lot of marbles, you know, with your husband. And so, and that like the more marbles that you have, the more it's, it's going back to the visual. It's, it's important to re visualize that as like, you know, when you're sharing with that person, that's something that you can sort of think back on and like, okay, is this something that I feel comfortable with this person? And you can sort of check the boxes of like, yeah, they've done this, they've done this, they've done this. And we have built a report. Or, and so you could, you feel comfortable sharing, you know, more things and deeper things. And then it's, it's easy to not want to go, but in my opinion, this is how I approach things is, and I feel like maybe this might be a, a downside to my, my personality maybe is that I feel like a lot more trusting towards people, I think in general, until I can't trust them. And so I try, I try to, in most cases, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and to trust them and to let them show me that they can't be trusted first. Mm -hmm. And I know that is peppered by past and experiences. And I absolutely have dealt with that too. Um, But I think in talking about intention, if you go into a conversation, you want to go into a conversation with someone and you're not quite sure um, to, you know, go in with the intention of, you know what, I'm going to share this and I'm going to give them the benefit, the benefit of the doubt that they're going to receive what I'm saying. And then your mindset going into that conversation is more positive. It's going to help you, um, share what you want to share. It's going to be a little bit easier. Um, and then if they don't receive it, or if they give you a completely just like, whatever, I don't care about what you're talking about, then you can know for next time, you know, this happened last time. And Maybe I'm not mm-hmm. going to share this with them. So I think it's important to to think back and to go in with something that is um, that is with positive intention. And um, also when people are giving you information back to to not make an assumption about what they're you know what they're trying to tell you or what their agenda is or anything. Um, I feel like that's a whole other conversation. You know, a lot of people don't do this, and this is kind of more deep of a conversation for later, but. The, the short version is pay attention to how your body is feeling because that mm-hmm. gut feeling and that intuition is telling you something. And so if you're really, and, and, you know, being vulnerable is going to make probably almost anybody nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if you, if, you know, if it feels like there's just so much resistance or, and even after you tell someone and how they respond, you know, pay attention because your body doesn't lie to you. And so, you know, sure. if you're feeling that pit in the middle of your stomach, like I, I really don't want to open up and tell this person, you know, honor that feeling and listen to your body uh, because mm-hmm. that is a, a huge indicator as well. Yeah. It's the, the fight or flight response mm-hmm. um, usually. And um, I, I mean, for me personally, I, when I feel that it's, that's usually an indicator that I need to talk about what I'm feeling um, because I feel like, I mean, my, my, perspective on, I I guess, emotions in general is I, I feel like emotions are driving everything and it really informs our physical response and our mental response. But everything to me, I think ties back to the emotions and what our body, how we feel, because, um, that's just, it drives everything in our lives. You know, the way we, if we feel tired, it, our body is not as energetic and our mind is not as quick and sharp. Um, and the more that we allow ourselves to release those things and to get them out of our body, the less it's going to affect our physical, um, 
our physical body and our mental mindset. And so the, and the, the, the less you talk about them and the more you hold them in, the more your body has to deal with whatever that emotion is. And it's going to have effects on your body. It's going to have effects on your mind. You're going to be thinking about it all the time. You're going to stress about it. Uh, you're not going to sleep well. Um, all the things that affect you whenever you're dealing with something that you know you need to talk about, but that you're ignoring, it is going to come back and it's going to it's going to have some sort of effect on you. So I think it's important to to get that out of your body and to release it. Otherwise, you're just going to have to deal with the effects of it. Yeah, it's my personal opinion. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, and you know, some ways to to do that if there is nobody that you know, you have to talk to or can be vulnerable with is journaling is a great way to process those emotions and get it out so that it's, you know, not constantly on your mind and it's not affecting you. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say in a negative way, because, you know, emotions aren't good or bad. They just are. They're messengers that tell us, you know, what we need to address and what we need to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, but writing out those types of things in a journal, um, can be really helpful. Yeah, that's a great segue because I think the next thing we're going to talk about is practical tips um, for, for like, you know, dealing with the, the vulnerability, the emotions, um, and how to sort of get past, um, the hurdle to, to start sharing and, you know, having, having conversations with people that, you know, maybe you, you need to have conversations with that you aren't able to, you know, there's there's a whole lot of resources out there. Um, and, but for me personally, I think that learning how to listen to people and have active listening and asking questions without like coming into a conversation with an assumption has been a really huge way for me to have productive conversations with people. Because I remember when I was younger, I, you know, I'm thinking of what my response is going to be. And, and while they're talking and I'm not actually listening to what they're saying, I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about what I want to say in response. Um, right. So taking a moment to just be in the moment, present, listening to them and not necessarily having an answer right after they get done speaking, but to hear what they're saying. And if you're not quite sure to ask, you know, well, what did you mean by this? Do you mean this or that? Ask clarifying questions because that helps your understanding. It helps them be more clear because maybe they're not being clear. Maybe they're not a great communicator. Um, So asking those questions and then you both understand what the conversation is or what they're saying and you're understanding what they're saying. Um, And then you can have a more productive conversation. Um, So I think that that's a really important tip just in general, but for when you're sharing stuff, because you're going to, you're going to have that fight or flight response. Your body is going to be at a more heightened level. You're not going to be comfortable and relaxed. You're going to be a little on edge because it's something that is a really hard thing for you to share. So I think that taking those moments to really focus on how you can be present in the moment is going to really help you because you're going to listen to your body. You can, you know, have some techniques of like learning how to focus on your breath. Like, so there's things that you can do that will help you whenever you're, uh, you're having like a really hard conversation with someone. And also I, I, my tips are kind of, you know, it sort of touches on something that you said is, you know, go into the conversation 
um, as, as much as you can with a, a blank slate, you know, we all have stories that we tell ourselves in our mind or like preconceived notions of how the person is going to react and don't assume that it's going to be a negative reaction. I, and, and that, you know, I'm saying that because I've done that in the past. I think we probably all have, but based on past experiences, you know, it causes us to, to be fearful of, mm -hmm. you know, being vulnerable and exposing ourselves, you know, to another person. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I'm speaking, you know, for myself, I had to just decide I'm going to be vulnerable. You know, it's like I said, at different levels with different people, yeah. but I'm going to be right. vulnerable and I'm going to be authentic because I want to be truly who I am in all areas of my life. I don't want to have to turn a switch on and off. And that's a, that's a deeper conversation, but it goes, it, you know, it falls in line with just decide, just make yeah. a decision to do it. And you don't have to, like you said, you don't have to talk about your deepest, darkest secrets. You know, it could, mm -hmm. it could be something very small, but my tips are, you know, just decide to do it. Start with something that, um, you know, isn't a deep, dark secret. And then yeah. just keep practicing with different people, you know, um, in different situations. And, um, you know, that, that could be something as simple as telling your supervisor, I have a doctor's appointment, you know, like for mm -hmm. me specifically, um, I know there's other people that have dealt with that, but th it sounds so silly, but for someone who's not experienced what I have, they may not understand it, but it, it took a lot for me to say like, this is, you know, the situation. So I think it's important to realize that it doesn't have to be perfect too. You know, it's like we said, it, it's a practice and you're not going to do it perfect. You're probably going to, you know, say something that maybe you didn't want to say, or you don't know, you didn't say it the right way, or, you know, there's, it's, it's not going to be a perfect thing. And, and it never, I don't think it ever will. I think that that's the beauty of it is that you're, you're being authentic about how you're feeling and what you want to say. Um, so that's, that's important, but also there's, there's something called the vulnerability hangover. And at least that's what I, I call it where, you know, you share something and then after you're like immediately like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I, I said this, or, Oh, I said this the wrong way. Or like you start like questioning everything and, and being really judgmental towards yourself. And, and you start being critical of what you said, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Or now they know this about me and the world it's out in the world. Um, so I think that like accepting that that's part of the process that sharing things about you is hard and you're going to feel, um, you're going to feel feelings about it. It's not going to be like, oh, I say this thing and then it's over. Um, you're going to still have feelings to process after that and sort through like those own, those, those are things that are, I think apply individually to us. We have all have our own experience. We all have our own, um, all the things that we've dealt with that we play back in our head and we're critical of ourselves for like Holly said that we all have stories that we tell ourselves of like who we are and our value and, and fill in the blank. We all know what those things are and they, they're on a, on a reel that's just playing back. And I think that is something that is worth looking at, you know, as you start to deal with those thoughts of like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that start to identify where those thoughts are coming from. Why are you thinking about it in that way and to sort of reframe how you are seeing the conversation. Uh, it gives you some perspective, I think. So, but that definitely will happen. It happens to me still. I'm still like, yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh man. I, why did I say it that way? Or right. All the time. I do the same thing. Even if it's something that I know I, 
that isn't necessarily quote unquote bad, like, you know, sending an email, then I'm like, you know, on, you know, on edge waiting for the response, even though it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, oh my gosh, did I word that right? Or, you know, or I'll never forget the first time I posted something on a, a video on social media. And I was just like, because it's the, your, the vulnerability of being seen, you know, and mm-hmm. that can, that can be interpreted in multiple different ways, physically seen, emotionally seen, you know, yeah. um, all of those types of things. And the, the temptation to just like delete the video. So, you know, it's not seen. And so like, you know, when we're opening up to people and being vulnerable, we can't just take it back, Yeah, you know? And I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from. Um, because then you are being seen for whatever it yeah. is that you, you know, pulled down the curtain and let people see you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really kind of what it comes down to is, um, letting, letting yourself be seen authentically and for whatever that means is to, to take the mask off mm-hmm. and to just be your true, I, you know, your true self. And there's so many things that play into that, but I think it's important to, for, for everyone to, to sort of investigate and identify what those things are that's informed you to feel like you have to hide who you are. And for everyone, it's different. Um, and to, to let yourself pull the mask down and to just be who you are and not really care what people think. Um, and not that you shouldn't change or that you can't grow or that you shouldn't listen to feedback, but that you can be who you are and also be open to change too. I don't think those are two exclusive things, but, um, I think that's really what it comes down to is just like being open and, you know, letting yourself be seen. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Runyons Have Layers. My name is Brian. My name is Holly. And uh, we're going to wrap it up with a quote from Brene Brown. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. See you next time. See ya.